Welcome everyone to part two of season two, episode six of the No One Really Cares podcast. In this episode, we will be continuing our previous conversation with Emily Doe, where she tells us her story. At the end of the episode in the outro, I will be highlighting resources for others if they are in a situation like this. So without further ado, here we go. The spice in there it is. Really? He wants a response. He wants a reaction. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one cares. No one cares. Nobody cares. No, you? No. No one. No one actually cares. Nobody. None. No one. The story you told based off of what your experiences are, it's like, it's really horrifying. And... I just can't imagine what it might have been like for you. And it is it must be really tough for you to process it still today and hence why we're here, right? But, I mean the thing is, I don't know if there's anything to be processed. Yeah. You know, I, I would say that it's probably not a rare experience for women who have friends who are men to feel like what's the vibe? Like what yeah. is going on? Um, I have lots of guy friends who I completely trust and I know I've, I've talked to them about this. What would you do if that was the situation? Like, you know me best. There's no girl around. I shit my pants. You have to change. Like, what? what you keep you cutting, you keep cutting through with the shit my pants. And I'm like, wait, how am I supposed to do this? Is it going to be like, oh my God, we're talking about a possible psychopath. Oh yeah, I also shit my pants. It's like, the- <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. It could have been, it could have been, he was waiting for the opportunity to take advantage of me. Or it could have been, I shit my pants. I, I really hope that it was actually you shit. I can't believe that I'm wishing that. I hope that she was actually, she shit her pants. Probably, Sorry to continuously joke about this. this could be- I feel like at the, my breakdown of that is I really feel like it's 50 50. Which is a weird way to feel. Please, because no. When I talk to my other guy friends about it, they're like, oh, God, that would be really uncomfortable for me. I would not want to see you like that. I would not want to have to take care of you like that anyways. Well, let's break that down, actually. The fact that you're actually wishing that you had done something which is incredibly humiliating, embarrassing, and you were, and that's actually the best case scenario in this situation, I think is very telling. So, and I, you were kind of touching on it earlier, like what can either us as men or friends of women, everything in that's in the spectrum of being help allies, if you will, how could they have done better? How can we do better? Is either handling situations like this, listening, um, uh, holding them accountable. You mentioned that before, what could have been better in this whole scenario that could have made you feel comfortable, could have made you, you you feel secure, et cetera, et cetera. Since, especially since we're bringing in the fact that we're hoping that you shit your pants in this situation. It's yeah. fucking crazy that, that I'm actually hoping that that was what happened in this situation. And I can't right. believe that, that that's where we are today. Yeah, I would say what I would hope had happened, and I really, really want to get a hold of that girl because I had a fun time with her. I thought she was really great. I never saw her again after that trip. And I would love to know someone knocked on her door and was like, Hey, Emily shit her pants, bruh. I know you don't want to be woken up about that, but someone's got to change her clothes. You know, I really want to know if that happened because 
that would give me the peace of mind to know that's not how it went down and I'm okay but I haven't been able to get a hold of her and what I wish that everyone else maybe would have done there's not a lot that they could have really done but I think that that night when I blacked out it would have been nice if another friend said hey maybe the other girl should should stay with Emily tonight I know that you invited Emily and the rest of us don't know her as well as you do but and people on this trip didn't really know the whole background of Brock and I so they didn't know the fact that Brock and I had only actually really gone on (laughs) two weird dates yeah and then he showed up to my thing so we weren't we didn't have a long history of knowing each other anyways I wish that one of the other guys had said maybe the other girl should take care of Emily tonight yeah or questioned it in some fashion like oh yeah Or just said, hey, man, you need any help? You you good? Like, for all I know, they, they did. Or asked you, even though you were inebriated, right? Like, for, I mean, I may have said, no, I don't need help because I feel uncomfortable because I don't know any of you. Yeah. But I think it would have felt better if the girl had, and I don't know what happened, and I don't know how out of it I was, and I don't know if I said, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I literally have no clue because I'm com- it's completely blackout. Like I have no idea if I was like verbal or if I was like what. I have no clue, and no one told me. <laughs> like no one has told me, and yeah. So I just wish that I wish that someone had said, "Hey, Brock, maybe you let the ladies handle it." Yeah. Is that shitty of us? Maybe on some level it is, but like she shit her pants. The puss is going to be out, like, just let the ladies handle this, right? But what if there wasn't another woman on the trip? Then what do you do yeah. as the guy friend? It shouldn't, it shouldn't be the fact that, like, there needs to be women to make other women feel comfortable. We, we as men should be sufficient enough so that you don't have to be pleading and hoping that there's a girl on a trip for you to feel comfortable staying on it, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. And I can say with 100% certainty it was me doing the drinking that night, but there are certainly a million different stories and situations of women who say, I literally don't drink. I didn't drink that night. And someone slipped something in my drink. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because women know the signs of roofing. And I, I don't know if men know those signs. I actually but... don't. So could you actually like give a quick rundown so any of the listeners yeah, yeah. who don't? So, Someone who's been roofied looks a lot different than someone who's drunk. Someone who's been roofied um, cannot string together a sentence at all. If you ask someone who's been roofied, like, where are you right now? Or what is your name? Or just ask them to say a sentence, like a full sentence. The words coming out of their mouth will not make sense. Um... It looks, it looks pretty similar to being drunk, and I actually probably should look it up myself again. But that's the number one thing that sticks out to me is that someone who's like, yeah, I'm a little tipsy, I'm a little drunk, they're still making sense. Now, someone who's completely blackout may not be making that sense anymore. I know people have told me that, dude, that time, that one other time you blacked out, I asked you what your name was, and you didn't know, <laughs> like, 
scary, but someone who's been roofied, maybe it's early in the night and she, she, or he literally cannot string a single sentence together. Um, different, different dilation in the pupils is also a good sign. Um, but that's definitely something to watch out for. And I I think something that especially bartenders would want to know about. Um, but yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, Mm -hmm. so anyways, there's not always something that you can do, um, in that type of situation. But what I do wish is that someone, the time when Brock was like, you're looking at me seductively. I wish someone would be like, dude, you're, that's weird. Yeah. Or like, Hey dude, that's fucking cringy. Like, why would you say that? Shut up. Even just something like that. You don't even have to pull someone aside and have an entire conversation about feminism. If you and your bros aren't like that, that's fine. But if you just say like, dude, that's, that's fucked up or that's weird. Or just not laugh at a weird joke. That helps a lot. Yeah. That we, helps a lot. We learned the in harassment training uh, at work. Don't ask me why. That's it wasn't because I had to do it, but <laughs> they did this for the entire. Um, like required for. Yeah, it's required, yeah. right? There's the four D's, and I'm not going to butcher them, but I know one of them was distract, the other one was deflect, and I'm forgetting the other two, and it's I, I hate the fact that I forgot the other two, but I I, I always remember the distract and deflect because I think I'm good enough socially to be able to like carry like the the night can carry on without it, uh, one of us being confrontational and the other d is, is like a confrontational one mm-hmm. where you're not like setting them aside like you just mentioned it's like hey just like calling about like hey that was stupid or like hey how'd you feel about like the game or something anything to like move it forward because that that made that made me uncomfortable listening about him saying that that, that it's it was cringy it was it, it's uncomfortable and it made a situation for you, at least from what I'm hearing, worse. So yeah. what I wanted to do then for the next question is we've talked about what they could have done for you to help you in that situation. What do you think that men can do for you outside of that situation to make sure that these things either are, are never even brought up in any way but just being more of allies to you, like how can we be better? Because right now what we're doing is I think we're drawing a good about a good amount of awareness to issues that women feel right now. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little anecdote, right? So I remember, um, and this was in college and I'll keep everything anonymous, right? I remember listening about, oh, you, you can walk on campus alone at night from one of the buildings and go to your apartment. You don't, you don't think think or feel a thing. That's a huge luxury. And I think I, I, I just remember listening to that and being jarred like, like you, you can't, you don't feel the same. And for me in that situation, she had drawn awareness to something that was in my face my whole life, but had never been brought out to me that I, that this is like actually a privilege that I have. The fact that I can walk home from a building at night and feel okay. So given given that anecdote and given the question, what are certain things that we can do either when you are walking and not literally when you're walking in that situation, but like in the various situations that, that women deal with, what can we do to be better and what can we do to be more aware of what you guys are dealing with? Yeah. So what's interesting about your anecdote and my story is that a fact that a lot of people are uncomfortable admitting to themselves, which is regardless of your gender, if you're going to be hurt in your lifetime, if you're going to be assaulted or anything like that, 
it is very likely that you know the person. Yes. So, yes, a lot of men, they're, they have an easier time understanding, okay, women are have a, more of a reason to be fearful walking around in this world because of strange men who yeah. feel entitled to their bodies. What's worse, and why I specifically want to talk about friends, male, man, men, groups of friends who are men, is that in the same way that I can tell you about a third of my friends have been raped or assaulted, and I know that, a third of your friends probably have assaulted or raped someone. Wow. So that's the flip side that we don't like to think about and we don't think about is it's who you know. It's who you know. That's who you have control over, first of all. Not control over, but you have influence over the people that you know. And the people that you know are experiencing this. And so it's up to us to do what we can with it for the people that we know. And to me, when I think of what what is friendship, what does that mean to me? There's people like that group of friends that I know Brock through. We just have fun together. There's not, it's not that deep, whatever. There's friends like that, but then there's like friends. Mm-hmm. And I think regardless of which one it is for you as a man, whether it's just, hey, this is just my buddy. We just play PUBG together, or this is my pal since forever, regardless of which one, I need you to realize as a man that it's your responsibility as their friend to make sure that they're the best version of themselves in every aspect. You want the best for them in their career. You want the best for them in their romance. And you also want to make sure that they're not a rapist because someone who's a rapist is not the best version of themselves. Right. Um, I'm glad you mentioned this, the statistic of one third. Um, I wanted to bring that up at some point, given the, the, the story you told. For me, listening to that, and I'm glad you, you changed the perspectives on it too. I actually never thought of it in that way. For me, I was always like, oh man, like I would, I hate the fact that I, I want to sometimes be an ostrich and put my head in the sand and not think that the women in my life, that there's like a one third chance. And for some of them, I actually do know like at least that it has happened to some of them. And for me that, that actually makes me really sad. But to then think that even in my small circle, that just the quantity of it, the fact that we've got to one third is the, is the, the statistic means that we all got to do better. And I think what can help is things like listening uh, and hearing stories like this. So I'm really happy that you, you shared it. And I'm really happy that and I really hope that people who are listening can take this into their own circles and listen, like this would happen to Emily. It could be it, it can happen to anyone. And it's not also exclusive to women. It can also happen to men, too. I just want to point that out. But absolutely, absolutely. But that this is wrong and we all got to do better to make sure these things don't happen. Thank you guys for listening to part two of Emily Doe's story. Like in the last podcast. I want to mention that April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Here are the four D's I mentioned in the podcast. They are the four D's of bystander intervention. Distract, direct, delegate, and delay. Stay tuned for the final part, part three, of this episode coming soon.